Alex, this is Mac. Hey, Mac. How you doing? Quite well. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. So welcome to the podcast. Here's the part where I say what we do. My name is Mac. I work for Tapstream. We're rocket fuel for mobile apps through attribution and analytics, through deep links and through app invites. We help your app grow. Welcome to the podcast. This is my friend Alex, and now he's going to tell you just a little bit about what he does. Yeah, sure. Uh, as Max said, my name is Alex. I am the founder and CEO of Level 6. We're a social mobile gaming company based in Mountain View, California. Uh, prior to Level 6, I was the co-founder and CEO of G6Pay, and we were one of the leading incentivized ad networks on iOS back in 2011, actually, so four years ago, quite a while ago. But yeah, no, that's me, and thanks for having me. And in a past life, we actually met when you were running that G6, and I was trying to run a games company, an iOS location-based games company, and the role was reversed, because now I regularly call you as a, like, service provider of sorts, and I'm like, hey, Alex, why don't you check out this cool new thing that we've done? And, and then, you know, we used to play the opposite role. I remember doing that sales call with you a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's no, why that's... you're so good to have on this podcast, because more than most people, you have been in this game for a really long time. So yeah, yeah. Gonna, I got. But you, you got the old school education, it would be. Yeah, yeah. I got into the mobile gaming space fairly early. Um, I like dropped out of college when I was nineteen. I was doing a lot of online affiliate work. I saw mobile kind of exploding, so me and my co-founder decided to jump into the space early. Really glad we got to you know be part of the early ecosystem. So you know, and you were there as well. So as you know, things have changed a lot. Well, it has changed a lot, and it's changed so much that there's a very small percentage of people who've managed to keep up. Right. It's such a crunchy, evolving, quickly quickly evolving space. There's mobile ad tech, mobile growth, mobile apps, like the entire thing. But what's so weird about this entire industry as a whole is how core – the ad tech space is to it, right? Like, there's very few other verticals, I would argue, on Earth in the history of kind of product where yeah. how you advertise these things has been at the nucleus of the entire industry for its entire its entire existence. And yeah, you no, have definitely. been plugged into that the whole time. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean... You know, coming from a, a marketing background or an ad tech background, uh, it's actually really interesting to see how, you know, important ad tech is to the content side. So now that I've been fully on the content side for three years, you know, our main goal is to build, you know, obviously a great product, but also games that can maintain a high LTV. But the whole other equation of that is, you know, you know, how low can we get our cost of user acquisition, right? And so like, when we start building our game, a lot of things think about are like, Oh, you know, what theme should we build? What is the greatest market, right? Um, you know, what will have the highest conversion rates? What kind of gameplay should we have, right? Because all we know that most of our budget at the end of the day, we just spend a million dollars on a game. And that's like a minuscule amount compared to our entire ad budget, right? Like, as you know, like, you know, the top tier gaming companies right now, like Game of War, you know, Machine Zone, or, you know, Supercell and Clash of Clans, they're spending upwards of, you know, 
maybe even up to $50 million a month, right? And to create the games that they've made probably took less than $2 million in production costs. And so when you kind of put things in that perspective, ad tech is, you know, very, very, very core to our industry, right? It is the kingmaker at this point. Like, if there's a new company that has a moderately compelling content proposition, but they have found new ways to hack the ad tech, if they found the new best SDK or the new best growth manager or whatever it is, like, that can be your unfair advantage. And the stakes are huge right now. It's crazy. Like, if you get ahead of the game, if you're – if you win mobile right now, I mean, it's over the top how much money you can make. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do agree with that. I mean, something to note that's very interesting about the space is that if you look at the top five grossing charts, you, you haven't really there, – there pretty much weren't any new entrants, like, like new apps that kind of went in the top five grossing in the last year or two, right? All you really see are, you know, Clash of Clans, Candy Crush, you know, um, Game of War, um, you know, and then some gambling games, right? Like, yeah, you're not plus. seeing new – yeah, you're not seeing new games go in there. And there's a reason for that, right? It's because, you know, these gaming, these top five gaming companies, they're spending, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars a month to keep their app there, right? Like, you're never going to see uh, a Flappy Bird or another Clash of Clans where they're kind of just like, hey, we made a good game. Look, now we're top five. That's impossible. Like, that time in the industry is done. It's dead, right? So, like, for example, you know, for Level 6, we actually are launching a new title, Global, uh, tomorrow, actually, worldwide. And you know, we have some pretty solid metrics. We've been in soft launch for around six months. But, you know, we're very realistic about it. We know that, you know, even though our metrics are very, very strong, it's probably going to take us a year and a half of very solid UA before we can even come up to the top five grossing, right? It's literally a sheer numbers battle. It's like I need to be out there spending, you know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars a month if I even want to have a chance of, you know, being, you know, even just getting in the top five, right? And, like, it's even moving beyond just digital marketing, you know, everyone's starting to buy on TV. You know, you see Kate Upton all the fucking time. Oops, I don't know if I'm square, but... You it's Kate okay, Upton man. It's okay. <laughs> I know, it's coming from you, I know, it's okay. But you see her all the time on ads, right? Like, people literally are paying, like, $45 CPI to be on TV, right? And that means that they're investing two, three years out in, like, a user's LTV, so that's a back out, right? And that's insane, right? So... I mean, do you think that that's a do you think that's a valid business proposition? Like you say insane, but do you mean insane in the sense that like they're wrong and they're going to regret that, or do you think that could be a good bet? No, no, I I completely believe in it. Like my, you know, I I am a whole believer in social games. Uh, You know, using social as a retentive feature, right? Like. A lot of times I like to ask, because a lot of times people come asking for monetization advice or retention advice, and then the one question I always ask them is, like, you know, what are the most retented games or apps on the App Store, right? And they just try to say something like, oh, Clash of Clans, right? But it's not, right? Like, the most retented app on, you know, the App Store is Facebook or Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, right? It's like these yeah. social apps where people go online, they meet friends, and then they always come back there because that's where their friends are, right? If you think about the most traditional of games, you think about soccer, you think about basketball, the same thing, right? Like, soccer is a singular action. Isn't that fun? Like, one guy dribbling around the field, kicking a ball into a goal, seems pretty dumb. But when you're, <laughs> you know, engaging it with, like, a bunch of friends, it becomes a pretty awesome sport, right? And so, like, you know, when I start thinking about these social games and the top of the apps that are investing, you know, two, three years out to recoup, I think, you know, it might make sense, right? If you think about, if you look at World of Warcraft, that game's been in function for 10 years, right? The game is fun, but most of it is about community. 
right? If you think about Game of War, for example, um, they're able to invest their years out because I guarantee you that, you know, in 10 years, that game is still going to be around. It's still going to be making millions of dollars, right? And I don't think the entire industry really sees that yet, right? People are crying about, like, oh, they're bidding up all the prices to, you know, $50 CPI, $60 CPI, right? And they're fairly profitable. But that's just fine, right? Because, you know, David Machine Zone has a mission. You know, he has a idea of what that game can become. He knows that he'll recoup that money in three years, right? He's okay with that. He's a growth company right now. So when I say it's insane, I mean that it's, I think it's possible. I think it's, I think it's, it's a very profitable thing to do, right? And I think it's smart to be able to push everyone else out of the market, right? If he's not making good games, to be honest, right? So I'm the kind of guy who believes in this industry as a whole, but I'll be honest, and I love this, but I'll be honest, I was shocked when you said that game would be making millions of dollars in 10 years. To me, that is an insanely bold proposition, and it's great. And it actually kind of makes, it makes sense in that he must believe that. Like, in that circumstances, the kinds of decisions they're making, you're right, make tons of sense. Like, that's the, it is a growth stage of a huge, huge business. So, yes, obviously, but this is so, I mean, that's very, that's very daring to me. I love that. That's crazy. That's a very bold Here's two lesser successes. I mean, well, this app is still very successful. If you take a look at um, Kingdoms at War by um, Thinking Ape, right? Like, those guys are incredibly brilliant. They started out as a chat company. Um, If you look at their app, right, like, when they first launched, they were top grossing of the app store right, like number one or something at one point. And three, four years later, five years later, they, they barely shipped any new updates to the app, no new features. They didn't do any UA for it, and they're still top 100 grossing, right? That's, that's insane, right? And what's happening? It's just people adding in this app, right? Then, you know, maybe some guy dissed someone else's girl, and he's like, yo, I'm going to drop like $100 <laughs> to, beat, you know, to, to beat you up, right? Honestly, virtually, right? And... You know, when, when games are able to set up these systems where, you know, it's a chat room and they just allow a way to resolve conflict, you know, with, you know, honestly with your wallet, you know, they provide to these, they become very profitable games, right? Which is essentially all that Game of War is, right? Game of War is just a specialized chat room. It's a chat room with a game built on top, right? And what's interesting is that, like, um, the reason why it's so retentive is that, well, you know, what's the topic of the chat room? The, to- the topic of this chat room is Game of War, right? And that's what it is. You have a bunch of these common you know, minded people, you know, on this game, you know, who are just chatting about the game 24-7, right, about politics, about, like, which clan is better than which clan, right, and who did what, right? That's that's why it's going to be around for 10 years, because it's never going to stop, right? It just won't. It's like the real world, pretty much. Uh, so, listen, this is amazing. Now, you you have a game coming out tomorrow. You've been yep. soft launch for six months. What does that like look like? What have you learned from like Game of War or anything else that you feel like talking about? You know, and then exactly what you don't. But what are, what are you guys sure. shipping tomorrow? That is amazing. Yeah, so you know, we're shipping a you know, from a very high level. It's called Team Squad. It's a puzzle RPG. Um, you know, and I mean, I'm not I'm not sure where to begin. I mean. We put a lot of thought into it, you know, even from a high level when we decided what kind of game we wanted to make, you know, the puzzle genre, you know, RPG, et cetera. We, we went into RPG again because we knew how to monetize RPG um, 
player base really, really well. Our ARP DAO for our last game was around 80 cents, so we wanted to use that know-how uh, on the new game that we decided to make. We opted for Puzzle because, you know, we knew that Puzzle had a really wide top funnel, right? Like, people love Puzzle games. If you look at, you know, King has basically thrived on making a plethora of, you know, Puzzle games, right? So we decided to go with that. And um, the theme we picked is actually very, very casual, right? Because, you know, our first game was very, very hardcore. It was pretty much Ebony, like, style, like, boobs everywhere, like, hardcore, the hardcore dudes, right? And we ran into such a UA bottleneck that we decided the next game that we wanted to make, we wanted to make it more mass market, right? And so yeah. we decided to go with a little bit more casual theme. So on the marketing side, when we kind of went out to kind of buy ads on Facebook, you know, working with TaskStream or, you know, buying off of Apple Oven, we would make sure that, like, we could get, we could outbid other people, right, because we had higher conversion rates, et cetera, et cetera. And in terms of generally what I've learned is that, you know, if you're a game developer and you want to step into this space today, um, it's going to be really, really tough. You honestly need to be prepared to not see your marketing dollars back for six months, a year, maybe longer, right? Because honestly, I can tell you right now, one of the most surprising things is that, you know, we're buying CPIs on Facebook for $10, and, you know, we're kind of just like, that's cool, right? Like, we're going to do it, you know, and then we're going to make that back out in six months, right? Like, that's kind of insane, because if you think about it, a year ago, people were, like, crying about $5, you know, when, yeah. we, when we both started in 2011, I was selling people installs for 10 cents and 30 cents, right? <laughs> like, it's amazing, it's amazing of how crazy this industry has evolved into because, you know, we're, I mean, like, I, don't, I don't think some people realize this. It's like we're selling a free game. I'm paying someone $10 to download my free game, and there's a 95% chance they're not going to pay anything. So which means off of a 5% user base, they need to recoup my entire ad spend. So 5% of the users I buy at a $10 price, you know, they'll need to recoup, let's say, $40 million. That's insane, right? Like, that's unheard of, right? And the only way to solve that is to hope that your players just stay around for a long, long time, right? Because in any industry, honestly, retention is king. I mean, every VC knows that. Yeah. Yeah. You've just seen the blog post today that Andrew Chen wrote about why VCs don't invest in dating apps. Dating, one of yeah, because they turn like, out. Core yeah. arguments is because of churn, because there's no retention. It's the, you know, it's the classic dating problem. Your your customer success is the end of your relationship with your customer. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and then um, obviously uh, Sean Rad, the CEO of Tinder, kind of like posted back and it was like, nope, that's not true. We're opening up a new gateway of how people interact. You know, very typical <laughs> CEO, big vision talk, but you know. He's much more well-versed in this space than I am. You know, I, I wouldn't dare kind of contest anything he has to say because, honestly, I don't think about it at all, right? I think about games and social interactions of communities more, right? Uh, okay, and so, listen, we're halfway through 2015. Um, you've got this game that's coming out tomorrow. You've talked about having a long-term horizon uh, and I love it because it's visionary, not in the, like, annoying, you know, change the world sense of the stupid bullshit visionary, but visionary in the sense that, like, I need vision to see 18 months down the road, and that's the kind sure. of game that I'm playing. And in our space, shockingly enough, that is like, a rare thing. So you have got this 18-month game plan, at least. You're playing a long game. You're going to win big. What are you going to be doing in the next six months from a growth, from a user acquisition perspective? How are you, what are the steps that you take now that makes that work? How does somebody who listens to this podcast is like, Jesus Christ, I want to be as smart as Alex. 
what are what are you gonna do now that you've got a game coming out tomorrow? I mean, this is a very this is a very Hollywood moment. The game's coming out tomorrow. This is a big deal. What are we gonna do for six months to help it get started? Yeah, I mean, it's a very valid question. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, so from a very high level, as you know, um, you know, obviously, cost of user acquisition needs to be you know less than the LTV of your product, right? That's very that's like the basic that's the principle first rule. of business. Yeah. The very the first rule of business, right? This is what you must do. <clears throat> We've identified what we can afford to pay, um, you know, what our LTV is. And to be honest with you, at this point, we're just going to spend money, right? Like, we, I don't – so I, I, it's not that I don't believe in hacky solutions of UA. Like, I, you know me, right? Like, I've always been on, like – trying to think the sneakiest, like, hacky yeah, thing yeah. to do, you know. How can we, Dude, like, you're from the affiliate industry. It's self-evident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm from the affiliate industry. So I've been always thinking about all these things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to build a billion-dollar enterprise, right? Like, we want to be huge, right? And you, you just can't do that for being just hacky, right? Because, like, to be honest, like, the moment you're hacky, either someone else is going to jump on the train, right? Or, you know, um... It's so spurgy. There's no longevity in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay, a way might help me get to $10 million, right, in revenue, right? But how am I going to get to a billion? How am I going to get to $1.5 billion? How am I going to get to $2 billion, right? And yeah. the way to do that, honestly, is just to create the best product possible that your users can love and play every single day, and then they'll spend money for, right? And then once you kind of do that, you should just buy UA. Buy wherever you want, right? Like, buy on billboards, buy on TV, buy on movie theaters, right? Like, you just buy everywhere, right? That's a fascinating thing about um, – that's, that's, that's what I find so fascinating about mobile apps, right, is that, like, we've made the mobile gaming industry like, – oh, the mobile gaming, it's, like, a product that has such a high LTV that we could almost buy ads anywhere, right? And we could outbid anyone, anywhere, right? Think about it this way, right? It's like, what's, what's, the, what's the barrier to entry of downloading a, a mobile app, right, a mobile game, right? Let's say you're driving down the 101, you look at a billboard and it's like, hey, buy water or you're gonna die, okay? And then you're like, okay, I'm gonna go, to, I'm gonna buy water. So if you drive to, you know, the grocery store, pick up a bottle of water, you buy it, and then cool, right? You made, you know, that ad worked a little bit, right? But if you're driving on the 101, you see an ad, it's like, hey, download Two Squad now, right? You, and that user literally pulls out his phone, <laughs> and it, boom, it's, it's, it's literally on your phone, right? And you yeah. know what your average LCDs are as a company, right? You're like, okay, I'm the average user. I know, in, you know, one year I'll make $30 off of the average user, right? <laughs> so you know that you'll outbid anyone everywhere, right? You know, it'll get to a point where that's going to happen, right? And you know what the craziest thing is? Is that, like, brands are born out of a function of very aggressive marketing, right? You think about Red Bull, you think about Coke, right? All these brands came to be, you know, household brand names because, you know, people were able to just hammer away at advertising, you know? You know? And so my, my greatest ambition, my, you know, what I think is going to happen is that, like, you know, these great new brands, right, like whether it be the next Mario, the next Pokemon, et cetera, right, is inherently going to come out of a company who masters performance marketing on mobile with a game that has an incredibly high LTV, right? Mm. That's and the so, formula. That's Alex's hypothesis. Yeah, that, that, that is the formula. So, you know, for us, it's literally, you know what, like we're going to make this great game that people like. And they're willing to, you know, they're willing to stay around for right? we're going to We're going to build this great community of players, right? And then we're going to service them for a long, long time, right? And we hope that, you know, in them playing the game for a year, for two years, for three years, maybe they'll be like, okay, dude, I've been playing this game for three years. I might as well spend like $20, $30, $40, no big deal, right? So you kind of have a, have a long lifetime. 
right? You take all that money, right, because you know it'll back out because you've made a great game, and you straight up just hammer away at any ad you can possibly buy, right? Like, I will, you know, Mac, I will rent out the side of your car and just, like, stick Team Squad stickers all over it, okay? Like, honestly, <laughs> like, anywhere, right? Cause we'll discuss tattoos see. later. I might, we, you and I can talk about some revenue opportunities <laughs> on my flesh. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's, kind of how we see it, right? And You're just going to do it. You're going to go buy everything. Yeah, and and also to be fair, right, like, I, I mean, this is extremely high level, like, on a very granular level, I mean, there's an intense amount of live operations on the customer service side. In our game, we have over, like, I think 20 different uh, daily events that kind of function in conjunction, yeah, that kind of function together at any yeah. given time. Um, you know, user targeting in terms of, you know, what, you know, merchandising, for example, you know, what in-app purchases do we show this player, right? Very, very granular. Um, even in terms of marketing side, right? Like, tracking everything from, you know, like, um, every single ad creator that you're using to which channel they're coming from, how they're converting, right? How these users This how is how the performance, this is the performance marketing side of what you talked about in your formula. This is the, like, hard numbers on every detail and you just pull every lever to make some numbers go up and some numbers go down. Yeah, so exactly. The gap right. is like, bigger. So, you know, we're, we're very bullish on um, data. We we believe that data can help us make, you know, very good decisions, right? And, you know, with that said, you know, we still, you know, are, I think something peculiar about the company, it took us two years to develop this game. I think we literally spent a whole year just, like, working on polish, you know, like a feeling of the game, um, I don't know, like, uh, it's just hard to say, you know, it's like looking at a product and just feeling something off, right, or something your gut feeling isn't right. You spend an extra month, you spend an extra three months just polishing, right? There's a lot of that, too, right? I think that the perfect products are, you know, kind of stuck at, you know, the art as well as, you know, data. And kind of, when you kind of hit that intersection correctly, you create a really great product. So, I mean, my whole philosophy is that, you know, for people who play your game, like, they can kind of tell if you literally obsessed over every detail, right? Like, like for example, just having like, you know, shadows over like, um, shadows under like your little little units when they're running, right? Like really small details like that. I feel like you just can just feel it when you kind of put your heart into a product, right? And all that is going to reflect in the retention of your game. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, right? Um, but yeah, your so love of, for a game can be felt if you have the right team in place to translate that love into action. Sometimes you have great ideas and poor teams and what is delivered isn't anything at all. Yeah. But in any other case, you're right. You can tell when the people who make a game, I mean, like, there is no doubt that the people who made Monument Valley as the extreme example fucking love games, love quality, love their ego, love the honor that they brought upon themselves. Like, that thing is a work of the highest Art. Also, adventures, same stuff. That's like, you know, that is interactive, compelling art as much as a game. It's beautiful. It's crazy. And you feel that as a user. Like, you you feel like you're drinking a more expensive wine. You feel like your watch has better diamonds on it. You feel like your suit is from a higher quality Italian cloth because there's just this, like, pizzazz to the thing, you know? Exactly. No, you, I mean, you're completely right. Like, even if on top of the MOBAs, right, like, um, it's kind of big in tablets right now. Like, uh, Vainglory, um, so I'm a hardcore MOBA fan on PC, and 
kind of when I play these games, when I play Vainglory, I can tell that these guys really love the MOBA genre. Um, they're really trying to create the best experience possible. On a technical side, they want zero latency. You know, they want, like, the, you know, they want every delay to be exactly correct, right? They want the experience just to be incredible. And it is. It really, really shows, right? Versus, like, when you play, like, um, Ubisoft, you know, Heroes of Order and Galaxy, it's just, like, janky. You can tell that they're just trying to port, like, a successful genre to tablets. They didn't really think about it. They didn't think about how the player would feel. You know, a lot of that stuff, right? And, like, that is really, really important, right? It's, it's, it's something that a company who just, is just completely data-driven will never, ever be able to accomplish, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's craftsmanship. Craftsmanship yep. is not driven by data. Fuck, that might yep. be the quote of the episode right there, man. Craftsmanship is not driven by data. Okay, listen, <laughs> this is supposed to be only 20 minutes long. It's 25 minutes. Um, what is the name of the game that's coming out tomorrow? Say it one more time. Yeah, sure. Uh, the name of the game is called Toon Squad, T-O-O-N, and Space Squad. Like, yo, this is my squad, right? Um, so Toon Squad, available on the App Store t- tomorrow, worldwide. Um, you know, we'll be doing some marketing for it, so look out for it. And, um, yeah. Dude, that was like, seriously, I mean, I've done a lot of these. That was probably the best. 